Welcome to The Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. Welcome, family, into The Family Room with Craig Wiesmeyer and my co-hosts, Mari and John. Hello, Craig. Hey, Craig. Key topic for us here in the family room and the quest is prayer. It is. Life uh, Life doesn't go anywhere without prayer. And we've got an amazing host today that I'll call her an expert on prayer. Uh, Becky Eldridge has written books on prayer and talks about making time for prayer and spiritual direction. So before we introduce Becky officially, though, uh, we always like to begin in prayer. So uh, John Gordon is going to be our prayer warrior today. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you during this time, first and foremost, just to acknowledge and give thanks and praise for the way you you guide us, you bless us, and that you listen to us. And today, we want to talk about dialogue with you. We want to talk about opening our minds and hearts so that we might be in communion during our prayer time with you, and in the simplest of ways and in the most profound ways, but most importantly, in the ways that will draw us closer and closer to you. And so as we spend this time together with Becky and, and, and all of our listeners, we just ask you to, to pour out your Holy Spirit that we might learn to pray as you would have us pray. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 The Father, Amen. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, John. Uh, well, Becky, welcome to the family room. We're so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Mari. I'm excited to be here. Well, and um, our listeners are going to be excited because you are such a gift to us and your ministry is a gift to us. And so to tell everybody a little bit more about Becky, um, Becky's an Ignatian-trained spiritual director, and she'll tell us more about what that exactly means. She's a retreat facilitator, and she actually has written two books. One is called The Inner Chapel, and one is called Busy Lives and restless souls and she's been in ministry where she offers spiritual direction resources retreats all rooted in the spiritual exercises of saint ignatius and um so she likes to help people learn how to pray and discern and she's been doing this for about 20 years and she does some of that also with her husband chris they've been married for about 19 years now and live in baton rouge with their three children so um we are so excited to have you and you can learn more about becky in our show notes we'll have a link to her website as well as link to amazing resources that she has for all of us so becky um it's evident from your bio that you delight in sharing the holy spirit and sharing jesus his love with others in a myriad of ways and I was blessed because I got to be on a retreat with you and I got to experience that firsthand it was beautiful and we would love to hear um, about the faith journey your personal faith journey that brought you into this ministry and the, into this passion that you have yeah, it's always fun to remember how God worked and moved in in all of our lives right I mean that's a bit of, of prayer is, is remembering and celebrating God's goodness and my journey of faith I grew up Catholic born and raised, went to Catholic elementary school and high school. My parents, my grandparents, I'd say my extended family did just a beautiful job witnessing mm. immersion in the faith, right? And being infused in the faith. And so we were a family that <laughs> I don't care where we were in the world. We traveled a lot with my grandparents growing up and I don't care where we were. My grandmother made sure we went to mass. That's you great. know, we always joke, uh, she died last May and 
we, as we were getting her eulogy and things, we just kept laughing, remembering how one time she even made us go in the airport. <laughs> you know? um, there was like the announcement over, over things. So, so I share that because it was so key to the foundation that was laid for me. Um, that we were a family that went to Mass. We were a family that practiced, you know, Catholic traditions and rituals. And even though not all of my family was Catholic, we were all Christian. And so even the extended family that wasn't Catholic, even when we gathered, we were always starting our gatherings in prayer, right? Mm -hmm. So it was modeled to me by aunts, uncles, and all, and, and grandparents, and definitely my parents. And so... As kids are, you know, I didn't really own it myself, mm -hmm. even though I was immersed in it until my junior year of high school is when I'd say the Holy Spirit really woke me up to, to something that I was longing for. I was like, well, there's something happening here. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. And so that is what really started me on, I would say, my real personal journey mm -hmm. of faith, where it, it moved from not just the faith of my parents to the beginning of this lived practice myself. And so I think confirmation had something to do with that. The Sisters of St. Joseph had something to do with that. Just kind of being around beautiful religion teachers that were amazing witnesses of joy. Mm. And I can remember sitting specifically in my senior year religion class and thinking, whatever Miss Laverne has, I want it was her eyes like she had this twinkle and this joy and as she shared her life it was never free from suffering she would share she struggled and things but there was a joy in her and I just I can remember sitting in her class and going over and over again God whatever it is she has I want it mm. whatever it is I want it and so it continued God just kept growing that desire I now can name it it's my desire for God. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any language for that really as a junior, senior in high school. And so when I was in college, I um, encountered again another sister of St. Joseph who my junior year of college, I signed up for a busy person's retreat at LSU during a, a there was a retreat offered from the, you know, at the mass they told us about. And I met Sister Illy Fernandez and she met, I had never heard of a spiritual director until that moment, my junior year of college, but Sister Illy taught me how to pray and mm -hmm. taught me how to pray and the reality of life and the busyness and the fullness. And that moment changed. That changed everything for me. I mean, it's, it's why I'm part of why I'm here today talking to you um, about it. So uh, there's so many more things to say, but if I was going <laughs> to say the big key things, and then it just kind of has grown and grown from there. Right, that's beautiful because um, oftentimes, you know, you, you look back at the Bible and even the apostles were like, teach me to pray. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. read through scripture where Christ would go off. This is God going off by himself it to pray. And there's a, there's obviously a need for it. There's a reason for it. And one thing that was in, I think it was in your book, you wrote and said you were challenged either junior or senior in high school um, by somebody that said, this is not your faith. This is your parents' yeah. faith, right? Yes. And talk to you about, you know, making it your own faith. Quick question then. So, number one, why do we need to pray? I mean, what, what is the big deal? And number two, because you have a ministry in prayer, what are a lot of the questions people are bringing to you in prayer? 
Yeah. Or about prayer, more like yeah, just those two just little small questions, right, Craig? <laughs> but I mean, why pray? To me, prayer is the language of God, mm. right? It's one of the many ways we can relate to God. Obviously, the sacraments. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge one. And we can't always have the sacraments available to us every single moment of the day, which that would be kind of cool, but that can't that's not the way it works, right? But prayer allows us to engage in relationship with God. And what happens is the more and more we pause to be with God, we get to know who he is. And we reveal more and more about who we are. And so when I just think of Jesus, who I love, he's real to me as my husband and kids, (laughs) but Jesus I mean, it's it's going to take us a lifetime plus to finally fully understand who he is. Mm. And so prayer is as we come into prayer, and especially as we come into the word, the living word of God, Jesus reveals more and more of himself to us and reveals the aspects of who he is that I think we need at that moment of life, right? So if we are going through suffering, he may be offering us hey, I can be your companion in this. Mm. Or maybe it's healing that we're looking for or forgiveness or mercy or love or teaching, whatever it is. I mean, Jesus, he's got like the whole enchilada. I mean, it is (laughs) going to take us a really long time to come to know it. And so prayer to me is just like how we spend time with our loved ones, our friends. I mean, I'm married, like how I spend time with Chris how I get to know my kids, it's, it's, we spend time together. And so prayer is the way, one of the ways, it's not the only way, because there's a lot of ways, but one of the ways that we can spend time with God. And what's amazing to me is that we can access that relationship at any moment, anywhere. It does not matter what is going on in our life, that we're not alone, that God's with us and can be there to be our strength and our source. Um, in that moment. So, um, Craig, I know that's answer one. And there's, <laughs> I mean, there's volumes and volumes written on prayer, but that's that's my shot at trying to answer the question that our great <laughs> teachers no, on prayer. No, you did a good job because basically it's about a personal relationship. Yes. It's getting, it's getting out of your head that I know all this stuff and it's experiencing it in your heart. So, no, you did a great job. And it's isn't it crazy that it's that short distance between head and heart, but it is it feels like miles and miles. You haven't right? seen right. how big my head is, so it takes a long <laughs> way to get down there. Well, it takes us all, I would say, sometime, you know, to connect what we know in our head to understand it into that kind of deep inner knowing, right? Mm-hmm. That we know we we can come to know Jesus just like we come to know our the closest people in our life and, and that it's a lifelong revelation. You know, that God keeps revealing more and more of himself. I mean, it really kind of is mind-boggling if you think about it, that Mm -hmm. we have, even no matter where we are right now listening to this moment today, that God's got more for us to Mm -hmm. learn and, and to understand about who he is and his love, his mercy, his hope. I mean, it's what gives me hope, honestly. It's one of the big things that gives me hope. So... I think, Craig, your other question, if I remember right, was what do people ask about prayer? Mm-hmm. Is yep. that right? Like yeah, what questions, questions are you getting and how do you answer those? I would say 
one of the biggest questions that comes in when somebody shows up for spiritual direction, for instance, is they have been in a moment of prayer or a rhythm of prayer that has suddenly kind of stopped working for them. Hmm. And I'm a big fan of St. Ignatius. I'm a draw on St. Teresa of Avila, if y'all don't mind for a little <laughs> second. But I love how Teresa of Avila talks about how the Holy Spirit opens invitations for us to move from vocal prayer into prayer of the quiet. And there's also even for some an invitation to that prayer of union. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we think as adults, um, I'm a mom, I've got three kids um, this week, two, I have one's turning 15 on this week, one's turning eight this week, and I have a 12 year old, right? <laughs> so 15, 12 and eight. When I think of the way I'm teaching my eight year old how to pray, Right When Chris and I are teaching her, we want her to know those memorized prayers. Right, St. Ignatius of Loyola says we got to exercise our spiritual muscles just like we exercise our physical. So Mary is our youngest, and we're teaching her all those memorized prayers. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and Abby has learned those at 12 and, and Brady at 15, and, and those work for a really long time. Right, That vocal prayer, that memorized prayer. What happens, though, is life shifts. (laughs) It gets a little more complex, as we all know, as adults. And that kind of adolescent stage of faith is not enough. It doesn't help hold the complexity of life. Hmm. And so a lot of times what I'll find is people will show up and say, man, what I've been doing for prayer is just not working. Right? It's it's not and it's not bad prayer. I want to make sure I say that. It is not bad prayer. All prayer is good prayer. But when I listen, what I start hearing is the Holy Spirit is drawing and inviting this person to a different type of prayer. Right? A prayer where there's a little bit more of I want you to not just say these prayers or know about me but know me. Mm. And, you're, and you've way. got your hands over your heart as you're yes. saying that. I yes. keep saying that <laughs> yeah. every time, you know. Yeah. So, so it's, so, you know, that's, so people will come and ask me, you know, how do I, what's the next step in my prayer life? Right. I mean, and I will, t- I mean, I get so excited when the person shows up in spiritual direction for that. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, you're getting invited deeper. Mm. You know, it's time to make, take that next step. And so, the first thing I will point them to typically is to start like immersing in the word, mm-hmm. right? To start taking time to, to not just read about scripture because we can read scripture with our head, but it's to learn how to pray with scripture so that scripture really the living word of God reads our heart, mm-hmm. right? And we can begin to understand how does God move in us? Mari, you looked like you were about to. Well, say I was. Something. I was. You were saying something that just struck me because I love the word so much. And what I found, just like you were talking about memorizing all the the, the beautiful prayers we have through our our Christian and our Catholic tradition, memorizing scripture. Yes. And so what I find is because I've been working on memorizing scripture for many, many years now. And so when I'm in that special place of prayer where the Holy Spirit is just taking over, scripture just starts coming out. And I don't even realize it. But if I'm praying aloud with a group of people, God will just bring to mind and just pour out his word. And it's such a cool experience. Yes. But it did take it did take that investment, like you said, in spending time in the word and spending time learning the word so that it was 
it's deep in there. It's it's deep in my heart. And then he draws it out at just the right time for the right purpose, for the right person, for, because the word is living. You know, it's the... the it's, it's alive. It is alive. I love it. It's yeah. alive. And it is, it that, is alive. It's that sword that's going to go and it's going to to just cut through all the way the bone and marrow for whatever that person needs at that moment and whatever they need at the time. It's amazing. So listeners, if you were just tuning in, you are here in the family room with us and we are so glad you were here. And we are here with our guest today, Becky Eldridge. And John, I know you had a question for Becky as well. Well, what you're talking about, Becky is awesome. And I was a slow, slow learner, despite lots of exposure to, to great prayer and methods. And I'm betting that a lot of our listeners are on either yeah. end of the spectrum and, and anywhere in between. But share some tools. If, if folks are listening and say, okay, great, I want to pray like that. I want to I want to have that twinkle in my eye. I want it, and I want it when Jesus looks at me to have that twinkle in my eye, right? What are some tools that would help our listeners get to that point? First thing, John, is always invite people. If you feel you were being drawn to take a little deeper step, is to put into your life what I call a foundational prayer period right? A very unique time that is set aside for God and that we do it with intentionality. And I'll always say that there are, there's three main things that someone's prayer time needs. And and then I'm going to talk about the fourth, which kind of changes, but no matter what, we need a time, a space, and a place. And, you know, so again, I encourage people to look at you know, in your daily life, where are there already natural pauses happening? Mm. And so I love to work with you. I love to work with parents. I love to work with busy people because we all love to say, how do we make time for prayer? I mean, Craig, that's one of my other things that I would say people ask me, how do I make time for prayer? So when I say, I say, well, let's look at where there's already natural pauses, right? Um, Do you take a bath? (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you sitting outside um, watching a kid during baseball practice? Are you waiting in carpool line? Mm-hmm. Are you know all these different practical things? Um, are you up in the morning drinking coffee? Do you have a moment in the evening that you kind of have a routine and to just look for where is there a natural time that there's a and, and y'all when we start out I always encourage people don't don't try to shoot for an hour <laughs> start ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Where is a 10 minute time in your day that you can intentionally give God and then find the place, right? The time, the place, and then make it a sacred space. Um, most of us don't have chapels in our homes. That would be cool if we did, but we all can create a little space, right? So my prayer chair is right behind where you and we're talking. I have a chair, I have a little table. And right now, I see it's got be, there's a be still Psalm 46 plaque, and I have a crucifix, and my material for prayer. Right, so make it some a place that you're excited to get to, mm. that has some meaningful. I mean, our Catholic faith is so full of symbols, and it helps us sink into the sacredness. So, but I mean, I have worked with people who get up early in the morning and pray, who pause and take their prayer time during their lunch break who um, pray during their bath when they go take a bath, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many moms are like, that's like the one time kids will leave me alone, right? (laughs) (laughs) I can have a moment. Um, But sitting outside, if you're at your kid's sporting practice, 
I mean, how many hours do mm-hmm. we sit waiting on our kids? What beautiful time for us, if we are intentional about it, that we can make time for God. And then the other thing is to look at what are what's the prayer material for the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where is God at this moment in this season of life inviting you? What's the prayer tool that you're being invited to engage in relationship with God? And that will change throughout our life. We will cycle in and out of the beautiful riches of our Catholic faith prayer tradition. Um, but we just have to keep being mindful. Like, is the prayer tool that I'm being invited to still working? Mm-hmm. You said something, Becky, that I think is worth noting. Just in a sporting event or um, different things that, that are going on in your and anyone's busy life. And I think yeah. about one of the favorite people that I think really understands prayer is Tevya from Fiddler on the Roof. Because <laughs> the horse goes lame and he just looks up and says, I don't remember the words, but fundamentally says, Lord, this is how you want to treat me. I've got this. I've got to be home for Shabbat. And now the horse is lame. Yeah, Father Jose Maria Escriva goes is much more refined than that. But right, he makes a point in conversation with God that everything mm-hmm. really can be prayer. Right. So I love how you're directing us to those special moments. But then it's OK, I think, to be to talk to God when you're like, you know, I'm really not happy that he cut me off like that. Yeah. Any time we can pray always. Right. We can um, we can pray. And there is a movement, though, from praying all the time to also intentionally praying Mm, every day. And I know that that sounds like we're saying the same thing. Not even. But but there's a moment where I think we come to in our faith life where that spontaneous throughout the day prayer we're going to find the Holy Spirit letting us know we're ready for more. And one doesn't, the, the every time conversation doesn't go away. Yeah. Right? We right. still can talk to God throughout our day and make that special time for God at, in a very intentional way. Yeah, right? it has to be that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't try to negate that for a while. And I think your encouragement, yeah. I'll start with five minutes because God honors that. And he will draw you to to the point that you are looking for additional time. You will get up earlier. You will put things off to to stretch that five minutes to 15 minutes to an hour, what it takes. Yeah, yeah that's great. And, and truly, John, don't you find that it's the Holy Spirit that, it, that lengthens it, right? It and, is. I have serious ADD. And when I first tried to pray, five minutes was it. Five minutes was it, and and now it's like it's at least an hour, and it's not like it's 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 just because I'm drawn there and I want to be there, and I can take no credit for that. People who know me would say, "Yep, that's got to be God," because couldn't be John. <laughs> yeah, well, and I tell people when they were first starting off, I, the Holy Spirit, truly, Jesus promised us the Great Advocate, and the Holy Spirit is our advocate, mm-hmm. and so I always, you know, I'm like, y'all, if you want to pray, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me find my time. Show me where it is. Help me have, it might be, St. Ignatius always invites us to pray for the grace we seek. Mm-hmm. So if we're seeking that grace of intentionality or discipline in our prayer life, ask for it, right? I mean, you know the Holy Spirit. I can only imagine, like, the Trinity leaping with joy if we're saying, hey, can you help me get there? I mean, that's <laughs> that's a pretty cool prayer request. So. You know, those little things, like trusting it's not just us, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? I think that sometimes, especially in our American culture, we try to do it by ourselves. 
And we forget that we have this beautiful advocate. Jesus promised at the Last Supper, I will send, you will not be by yourselves. You will, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm going to send an advocate. And he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right? We the, got the Holy Spirit coming and full out at Pentecost, right? He groans and grunts on our behalf he when does. we can't get the word yes. right. Thank yes. God for that. Like, literally, thank you, God, for that. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because they, somebody said one time, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And in God's life, in world, it's about being. You know, you, you mentioned yeah. at your home, you have be still. And that's my one of my top quotes or scripture passages be still and know that i'm god mm-hmm. you know i'm in charge of it not you i think it's interesting though when we get drawn into prayer and since you were mentioning saint Teresa of avila purgative is the first step you start to look at your life and say okay there's things i need to get over the yeah. illuminative when you get into reading scripture and all of a sudden you're like wow this thing is alive i mean god spoke to me in my life right here and you quoted something in your book about coming out of a uh, retreat and you saw people praying in a chapel and you were outside and you saw kids playing baseball yes. and you mm-hmm. saw like three different things and you went, wow, God, you are in each one of these events all at the same time doing something unique in all those situations. Which just gives me goosebumps to hear you say that. I mean, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, a, right? it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, even right now, if the four of us, paused and we read the same piece of script we said hey we're going to take we keep saying it psalm 46 all four of us paused to pray the way god would speak to us in that psalm Mm -hmm. would be so unique so personal and and god would come touch our heart with different words different phrases different feelings i mean that's that's what just blows me away in the best way about the grandeur of God and the amazingness of God. And it is so amazing to think about that. You know, it's it's funny that you just brought that scripture up because my daughter just told me earlier this week that that's her favorite scripture. Is that right? Yeah. And so I just texted it to her. And as I texted her that scripture, I thought, I wonder what it means to her. So Becky, exactly what you just said, right? I know what it means to me. It's been a scripture on my heart for many years. Obviously, Craig, you just said, I'm sure John, Becky, and and now I'm thinking, okay, my 19-year-old daughter who's a freshman in college, yes. what does that mean to her in her circumstance right now, where she is in life, what's going on for her? And it is fascinating to recognize that because our God is a living, because our God is obvi- always working, because we've got the advocate by our side, because his word is alive, for her, it's it's doing something different in her heart. And that's so absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So we are about to go to break. When we come back from break, we want to hear more about from your perspective on what you're doing with prayer with your family, too, because sure. obviously this is the family room. So listeners, please stay tuned. We welcome you back here in the family room in just a few minutes. We'll come right back to the family room with Mari, John and Craig right after this. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. 
thank you for your support. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener share. Every time I get in my car, I turn on the quest, and it seems to always address whatever is on my heart that day. God is really speaking to me through this station. Thank you so much for bringing a message of truth and hope into my life and to so many others across Atlanta. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at infoatthequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig on AM 1160 The Quest. Welcome back to the family room. We are having a discussion with Becky Eldridge about prayer, why we should pray, how we should pray. And then in the second half, we're going to get into spiritual direction, which is uh, a big help to a lot of people. But before we do that, Becky, one of the questions we've asked every single guest is to talk to us about their favorite family room memory. Now, we're defining family room as family room, kitchen, basement, <laughs> backyard, whatever, whatever works. Where? What yeah. was your what is your favorite family room memory growing up or currently with your family? They're the same memory. <laughs> it is they right I'm gonna go with what's right now. My absolute favorite thing is our family dinner. Mm. It, I mean, just coming at our table every night and just I mean, it is such a beautiful moment, especially the ages of my kids as they get older for us to pause and we get to just be together and we'll laugh and we love to play cards. And so sometimes if there's a night where we have, you know, homework is done or there's not something else after dinner, we'll like, we'll play. Um, we love to play this game called trash. <laughs> it's like a little card game. It's not, there's nothing weird about it. It's just this fun kid game. And we love to play Rummy. You know, like we have such great conversations at our table. I mean, just checking in on each other, but also sometimes leading to very deep hearted conversations, hysterics. I think some of the funniest moments in our family have happened 
at the dinner table, you know. But that I would say that's the same memory for me though, growing up, because it was it was it was like that again. It was one of those traditions my parents and also my grandparents instilled, because they also came to be at the table with us so many times, and you learn a lot mm-hmm. about awesome. each other. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, uh, Mari, and we were talking about prior to going into the break. Well, you know, the practicality of praying. And one big question that we all have, though, is how do you pray with your spouse and your family? We all may be at different levels as far as our prayer journey, or maybe one person's not comfortable. They're like, look, that's not not my deal. It's yours. How do you and Chris incorporate prayer into your family and your marriage? Yes, I love this topic. So (laughs) Chris and I both in the morning have, we both get up early. We have learned, both of us individually, you got to kind of find your space and your time separately. But we do both get up early before the kids are up. Like, we have found that that is the quiet, the quiet time in the house. And so I have my prayer space, he ha- which is in my little office. He, he has a space over here. I, I'm pointing like y'all can see <laughs> <laughs> behind this wall. But his, he sits right off our kitchen. That's, that's his prayer time. So we both, that's how we both start our day. Um, You know, I would say typically just kind of knowing where we are at the moment, Scripture is supporting both of us in prayer in the morning. But, I mean, just like all of us, it it ebbs and flows. So both of us start our day with that. For family prayer, we pray before meals always. And then we often, even still now with our 15-year-old, even at his age, we will still gather a, a lot of times for night prayer. Um, I'm not going to say we do it perfect every night, y'all. <laughs> I would be lying if I did. Um, and I want to make sure, because I think we can set some unrealistic expectations for what prayer in family life looks like. Y'all, it is messy. Like, yeah. it is. Um, kids are poking each other. Dogs are jumping in. Like, I want to just make sure we're realistic about this is not, like, in a monastery five people praying together. Each child like, holding a votive candle. That's so exactly steadily. what I was imagining, the candles. No, I think we need to be real realistic. We normally pile in one of the kids' beds. And, and it is, so, I mean, again, you're like sea otters or puppies piled on top of each other. And, which means there's a lot of love and there's a few nips. Like, y'all know what I mean, yeah. you know? Yep. And yep. so... I just want to be realistic to those of y'all listening, but let's not set unrealistic expectations for what prayer and family life looks like. But then we will. Sometimes um, we'll rotate. Kids get to pick lead. They get to take a turn leading. So um, the older, my older kids, I'll be honest, the older they've gotten, they want the short memorized prayers, right? (laughs) I mean, which I'm okay with. Uh I mean, there's still this ritual. Our youngest um, loves to do... Um, she loves to lead, and it, we like a mini examine mm-hmm. um, ev- from the Ignatian tradition. So we'll do this thing where everybody has a chance. She she loves to lead. If y'all, I would I'd love for y'all to meet Mary one day. She loves to lead, <laughs> and she she wants you know it'll be everybody say what they're thankful for. Sometimes it might be where did you feel joy today? Um, what do you want to ask God for help with? And like everybody has a 
a chance to to share. <laughs> that is awesome. And, I couldn't do that and, in my family because my kids would be like, "Here's where he fell short today, and yeah. he didn't act like Christ." So <laughs> yes. I'm glad you guys have it bound up a little better. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, it's and that it's like letting people share. But I will tell you, as a mom, it's such a beautiful opportunity because you really do hear what's stirring in their heart, Mm -hmm. you know, what they're asking for prayers for, you know, what they're thankful for, what are the friends that they're naming. And I mean, I'm not, that's not, we're there for God, but it's also such a beautiful chance to to listen, you know, and so I think there's other times, especially um, like Advent is a very meaningful prayer season for us as a family. Like we, you know, take the time and, and light the Advent candles. We do the Jesse tree we have a prayer intention like family bowl that people can just kind of throw prayer intentions in at any Mm. point. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can teach it. And I mean, the examine is a prayer that I just love because even the older kids, that's that you can truly take them through the five steps of the examine and, Mm. and teach them that prayer. Um, For the longest time I've been teaching the sixth graders at my kids' Catholic school, the teacher brings me in, and I, that's where, that's the age, 10, 11, that we start teaching the five steps of the examine. Well, since um, you've mentioned it, can you go ahead and quickly say it? And you kind of said it as you talked about how Mary would lead you, just so for our <laughs> listeners, because I know they're on the edge of their seats going, okay, what are the five steps? What, what are they? What is this? What, <laughs> and there's so many versions. Um, right. The, the, the way that I teach it to young people and adults, to be honest, it's the same way, is number one, I ask, it's it's a prayer that Ignatius gives us to look back over the last day of our life Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And step one is the most important. It is to ask God to show us our day as God saw it, Mm -hmm. not as we saw it. But as God saw it, right? Because we're going to see one thing, God's going to show us something else. And then the second step, which is gratitude and thanksgiving. Looking back over the last day, God, this is what I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. Show me what. I, show me the gifts I missed. Oh. Right? What, are you, what am I thankful for? Okay, so what am there, I thankful for? But what does he also remind us of that, that we we're thankful okay. for? Because okay. that's the relationship piece, right? Yeah. It's not just me talking to God, but it's us taking the time to ask God and listen. Third is looking for really where did we feel God's presence today, what Ignatius would define as consolation, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, when I'm teaching it, it's, I always tell people, go look for the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. did you feel joy, peace? patience. Where did God expand your capacity to love today, mm-hmm. to, to offer forgiveness, to receive it? Where did you have an increase of hope, mm-hmm. right? So I'm look for, I always say, go look for the virtues and look for the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And again, not just telling God, but asking God, show me, like, show me where I missed you today. And I, like you were there. The fourth step is the opposite of the third step. You know, where did we fall short? Where did we miss God's presence or feel that God was absent, right? We might have found a moment where really we were overwhelmed with hopelessness, mm-hmm. fear, doubt, anxiety. Y'all, we got to look at where did we mess up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also have the courage to ask God, God, show me where I could have done better today, right? And, and to ask for forgiveness, offer our, our, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry I, you know, lost my temper because... Legos were everywhere. You know, that's a real story in my house. Um, And then the last step is to just look at the day ahead, right? Come into the next day and and say, okay, God, in light of 
the gifts of this day, where I saw you and experienced you, where I fell short, where I missed you, mm-hmm. how can I do better this coming day, right? And ask for the grace that I need for the day ahead. And, and maybe that grace is for patience or for hope or for clarity, whatever it is. And then Ignatius invites us to close with an Our Father, mm-hmm. right? Very, very simple prayer that we can literally do anywhere. That's right. right. Um, review today. And so if you're driving right now and you didn't get a chance to write all of those down, like we've furiously <laughs> been writing down what Becky shared with us, she has got some beautiful tools for with the examine. You've got yes. quite a number of them and we've put them on our show notes. So you'll be able to go to our show notes and find links to all of those various tools that Becky's and created. And there's so many in the, in the resources we've created. Like there's an examine that Chris and I recorded for a couple. Mm-hmm. Like how, because Chris and I use the examine. I know... <laughs> I could talk about this forever, so just cut me off when you're like, we need to move to another topic. But the examine alone, that prayer tool, Chris and I lean on it so much Mm. for discernment. Mm -hmm. For every year at the end of the year, he and I do this whole, we call it the Eldridge Retreat, which I know is so dorky sounding, but it's like (laughs) we take this time and we review our year with God. Mm-hmm. We do an examine over the entire year and ask God, you know, again, those same questions. What are we thankful for? Where, where were those moments of consolation? Where were those moments of desolation? Help us kind of look into the year ahead. So he and I will use examine when we're making big decisions, small decisions, to, to go, well, how is this moving in you and in your prayer? Because um, Chris and I both work with a spiritual director, separate, right? We each have our own spiritual director. So in in our family life and in our marriage, if I can just say marriage specifically, Chris and I both are praying on our own. Mm -hmm. We're both meeting with spiritual directors on our own. And then we bring those fruits of of our prayer and the fruits of our time with our spiritual director um, together. It's such a beautiful way to continue to understand the movement of God, not just in me, but in our marriage and in our family and what is God calling not just me, but Chris and our family too. Becky, can you think of a time or an example like when, when you took the year to God and didn't examine for the year or kind of yeah. how you got led? Can you can you share a, a time like that with us? Yes. I mean, every year. So I'm, we just did it in December, right? And um, I will tell you, when we did it this past December, Chris and I kind of went in, and we almost thought, oh, we got, we got this. <laughs> like, this will be easy. Yeah. Like, we, you know. And then as we took the time to slow down, to pause, and to really look back on the year with God, some real things started stirring for us. Um, one of them specifically was Chris, it just like so many of us have been impacted by COVID, and his work has been drastically impacted by COVID, specifically with his company is still not back yet. Mm. And what we were shocked by was, oh, wait, we've got to tend to the fact that we've been hanging out together a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but I mean, it's, but that review, for instance, as we prayed through our year, we started realizing, wait, this is impacting our relationship. We're in each other's space a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it was just this way of God helping stir to our attention some things we needed to pay attention to mm. um, that we need to work on. Hey, we got to give each other space at times because we are both in the house. I've, I've worked from home since Brady was born, so for 15 years, and and now he's here. And so 
a tool like that, the examine, helps bring things. It's how the Holy Spirit will bring it up to mind. It, it helped us notice things to just pay attention with each one of our kids, hmm. you know. As I mean, again, you know, when you go and you bring your children before God and say, can you show me them as you see them? We're going to oh, see huge. Some, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it changes, right? Yeah. I mean, number one, you love them a hundred times more. Yeah. Um, and then you go, oh, wait, there's some things I really need to wake up to that are on their hearts that, you know, that we, that we as their parents have to really pay attention to. So it's, it's very practical, it sounds like. Very practical, from the smallest decisions to money decisions yeah. to how do we do, you know, does a kid commit to X sport or activity? Yeah. I mean, yeah. discernment I love and believe in so much because God cares about all of our life, not yeah. just our spiritual life. You know God cares about our relationship with Him, and how how are we bringing the rest of our life in and into this relationship with God? Well, right? one, just and real quick it. though, one thing I like about this too that you you didn't mention, but it's it's intertwined in all of this. Whether you're married, because we talk a lot about marriage and families, I saw an image recently of a triangle, where if you put God at top and you put you on one side and your spouse on the other side. Yes. And the whole idea is the closer you try to get to God, so you're talking about your husband's and yours individual prayer time and then yep. coming together, it doesn't matter if you're more spiritual or he's more spiritual. If you're both working towards God, you're naturally okay. getting closer to each other. And I just saw that recently. Mm -hmm. And actually, funny that. enough, I saw it in a movie on uh, Pure Flix this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is beautiful because this is why you pray, right? To get closer to God. But Wow, I'm going to get closer to other people, especially my spouse. So right. yeah, I love the Ooh, image. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That reminds me of the priest homily when we got married, which he he, he said, y'all will be shoulder to shoulder to each other. <laughs> and it's the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and God that are going to keep the two of you um, shoulder to shoulder, right? Just that continued choice of choosing each other. So. I forget who asked if John or Craig, what are you and you were talking about praying for or praying in family life, but I don't think we've said it, but the power of praying for our family members, because, you know, families don't always have people full of relation that have relationships with God, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe mm -hmm. they say, or they don't say, who knows The people are all over, but the power of praying for people, it's one of our spiritual works of mercy that I don't think we talk about enough. Mm -hmm. Um, one of our spiritual work of mercy is to pray for the living and the dead. And so when we are bringing our loved ones, our colleagues, our friends, the people we encounter in the street into prayer, I mean, we have no idea how God uses that. Right. But yeah. for sure, God is working on our own heart about that person, right, yeah. making us more compassionate. And so I really encourage anyone listening, you know, don't be afraid to very boldly pray for the people that you love. And, and I think the boldness happens, too, by praying aloud for them to hear it as you pray for them, too. Because yeah. I, I was just talking to some other moms earlier today about our kids are all getting older. My daughter's 19. She has her very first boyfriend. And we were talking about how we started praying for their eventual spouses when they were very young. And I said, I did it out loud. As I put them to bed at night, I would start 
praying for their future spouses in a way that they could hear me pray for those people. And so they already knew the types of things that, that I that I felt like God was calling for wow. them to have in a spouse and or just praying that whoever that person was that God had chosen for them, that God was with that person right now and that God was helping them to grow in faith. And it was interesting last night, my daughter is away at college and she sent me a text and she said, Mom, I just want you to see this. And it was a text from her brand new boyfriend who told her in a text, I pray for you every night. Oh, that's amazing. And I get goosebumps as I say that because I think I prayed that. I prayed that there would be a man someday who would want to pray for my daughter who would be so close to God that was in conversation. You know, it's just it was an answer for my prayer. But she knew, too. You know, she knew this was something that we had always wanted for her to have as well. Yeah. um, Well, in hearing you say that, it reminds me. I mean, my mom, I know my mom prayed for Chris. Well, the Bible is in my um, bedroom, so I can't grab it on my back shelf to show you right now. But <laughs> there is a letter that my mom wrote me with a prayer that, I mean, when I was probably in, it, it must have been in college because it was before I met Chris. But, I mean, I just remember how much that helped me when I was in that dating period mm-hmm. and, and discerning because I kept thinking, okay, my mom has been praying for me long before I even thought about praying for, you know, before I was even dating, you know, and it was, it was such a, it was such a gift. And I mean, I will occasionally pull out that letter she wrote me and think, well, I'm sure glad she prayed for Chris Eldridge. <laughs> I am a little biased. I, I deeply love my husband. He is an amazing man and he is just a kind and gentle soul. And I am just so grateful, but I know my parents prayed for me. Yeah, they did. In that way. And obviously you and Chris are very much on the same page and you've been able to use those gifts and that faith to pour into other couples. Um, I know you guys do retreats for other couples. Would you like to share with us just maybe a few of the ways that you um, share the gifts of discernment or some of these other gifts with other couples in your retreats? Yeah, Chris and I last year did this retreat called Living Intentionally, um, Mm -hmm. Discerning and Planning Your Year with God. And it it really was a retreat taking people through this process that someone, again, cared enough to teach us probably 20 years ago now because it was when we were engaged of this annual retreat that they did. It made such an impression on us as, you know, we were in our young 20s. And we know how much taking the time to pause and review life with God has, I mean, it has made such a drastic difference. So taking time to teach people, hey, you can bring faith into all areas mm-hmm. of, of family life, you know, not just prayer, but you can help, God can help guide decisions about what we do with our time, mm-hmm. how we spend our money. Chris and I have done retreat work in and out. Um, it, it shifts and grows due to family life because mm-hmm. it became more and more my profession. And so um, sometimes he'll be home with the kids when I'm doing a retreat, but he has such a deep heart for retreat work. It's actually where we kind of, the Holy Spirit woke us up to each other. We were friends and there was we were leading a retreat together in college. And I had this moment of, wait a minute, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's like God kind of opening up like, hey, he's more than a friend right over there, you know? And, like and my story. Story. Yeah, that's very much like my story. That's so funny. Yeah. My, fr- my husband just... and I were friends for eight years, Becky, before God opened my eyes to see that a little different. Yeah. A little different. And we knew each other in high school, too, in college. So, um, but it is, it's, it's, I think it's 
so much even of what I do in my ministry work of teaching people to pray and discern. I mean, I'm constantly, it's, it's majority lay people that I'm working with. I mean, I do, I walk in direction with some priests and some deacons and religious sisters too. And I mean, so many of the people that attend retreats are lay people who are just looking like, help me, help me learn how to do this in Mm -hmm. lay life. Mm -hmm. Um, How, and and when I say this, how can I pray? How can I bring this great gift of relationship with God into the fullness and the busyness of life? We need another whole show, Becky. Just because we haven't touched the spiritual direction part, really, we haven't, right? And and that that's powerful what you guys do. So that was my unofficial way of saying find some time on your calendar. I always love it. Well, and I know Marty and I dreamed about, and Chris is open to it. We just had somebody would had to be, be picked so awesome. up for a carpool, yeah. but as a Chris would be cool to have on here. That would be with great. Me. Yeah. I mean, because he he is um, he is a very <clears throat> quiet, but he is. People do not realize how much he is part of the ministry that I do. I mean, I could never do it without without him and his support, his prayers, his discernment. I mean, I could not. I mean, it's a priest a long time ago told me, Becky, you got to remember God did not just call you. Mm-hmm. God called, God is sending you forth from the middle of family. Like you're, you're being sent forth as a family. Mm-hmm. And that just changed me so much whenever he said that because I thought, Oh, wait, my kids are part of this. Chris is part of this. Like this is our it, it impacts our whole family to be in the ministry work that that um I'm involved in. And that's exactly why we have the show because we are trying to help give hope and encouragement for families to say your family as a whole is a ministry. You are a ministry yes. to the world. You are the ones who send forth and who offer Christ's love with all of your different gifts and all of your different um, d- ways of praying and discerning. You as a family, you're the domestic church and you are the ones together who have this beautiful ministry. So Becky, would you pray for those families out there and for all I the would... various listeners we've got? Yes, yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we just come to you who was born into a family. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we just um, thank God for that and for your mother, Mary, for your earthly father, Joseph, and for just the witness of your holy family. And Jesus, we know that you know people's hearts. You know what is happening in our listeners right now and their families and in the relationships that matter most and that whatever they are going through, we know that it matters to you. And may the Holy Spirit just at this moment open up hearts and ears and minds to receive the great gift of relationship with you, Jesus, that you are here, that you are an anchor of hope, a companion through whatever we are going through. And may this show, may all of us who hear it, may we just continue to draw closer to you and bring others um, into great relationship with you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. 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 Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Becky Eldridge, we are blessed to have you. Thank you for being with us today. And listeners, we appreciate you being with us here in the family room where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.